like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we're here this week, uh, week number three of our now streaming theme from March 2022, and we're going to be talking about Unpregnant, which is available to stream on HBO Max. This is our second week in a row where we're hitting an HBO Max film. Um, we will get into all of the stats and details about Unpregnant in a little bit, but before we talk about the movie of the week, we like to catch up with how we've been doing and see what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm fine. Uh, I went into work a little late yesterday because I had an appointment. So I went in at 1130 instead of my regular 830. And I guess that my mind and my body are just like party time. Like it should be Friday for some reason. Oh, you know, like you feel like the weeks. Well, we're recording too, which is usually a Friday thing. It used to be at least. And also like daylight savings time is killing me. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. Ugh, I shouldn't have had a short day on Monday, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> Apparently, daily savings time might be coming to an end here in the U.S. Of it, Please, uh, if that bill passes, you know? it has not made sense for a long time, and so yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting to see if that will actually play out. I was a little bummed uh, because I'm I've upgrade my phone kind of glitched on me like a week and a half ago. I don't know if I told you this or not. No, but uh, my charging port like. I got a notification on my phone um, that said that my charging point had moisture in it and not to plug it in. And so like, I was pretty free. I, like, I stopped and it went away and I plugged it in. And it was like really glitchy. It wasn't working. And so I was like, I bought like wireless chargers, like to just put my phone on kind of thing um, for the, the meantime. And then I was like, I found out that I, I was eligible for an upgrade with a trade in kind of thing. Um, and so I debated it and it did start working this weekend, but I, I kind of committed. I've been a Samsung user for a couple of years now, um, probably like four or five, actually, at this point. I think this is my third or fourth Samsung phone. And um, I 90 percent of what I use is Google related, though. Like I use Google for everything. So I'm, I decided to go to the Pixel. Um, so I ordered the Pixel 6 Pro um, and it was supposed to be here today. And then uh, it got delayed, apparently, through FedEx for whatever reason. I have no idea why yet. Um, and so I'm a little bummed because I thought before recording, I'd have time to, like, set my new phone up and everything, which is my favorite part of getting a phone is, like, setting up the new phone. Um, and I, I, I don't have it yet, so I'm a little sad. Uh, but I'm excited because I, I should be getting it tomorrow. I'm curious to see, like, how different it is. Google owns Android as an OS, so it always has the most recent version um, on the Google phone and then... I like literally use Google for everything. Like I keep notes on Google keep and I use uh, tasks for keeping like a, I like checklists a lot. Um, and I use Google calendar, obviously Gmail is where I, I do most of my email stuff. So it's just like, it kind of makes sense. I don't use any Samsung related content, like really. So I was like, well, like I like the Samsung phone. I have no real issue with it. I've, I've enjoyed all of them. I do have the, the Samsung uh, earbuds which are Bluetooth, so they'll work on my, my Google phone as well. So it's not like a big deal. Although I might end up going full in on Google and buy their ear, uh, earbuds at some point. But, um, you know, I switched from Apple because Apple dropped their headphone jack. But now everybody's dropped their headphone jack. So it, it was kind of a mute point. But at the time, um, it made sense. And then now I have wireless earbuds anyway, so it's whatever. But I, I am excited. To, I like getting new phones, um, you know, see, like playing around with them. Usually the novelty wears off after a couple of days because you're like, it's just, it's at this point it's just the same thing. Really, it's it might have a feature or two here and there. I hear the Pixel's camera is uh, pretty outstanding though, so I'm excited. I guess for that reason, but that's my uh, my day today. We're we're recording pretty close from the last time we recorded, so that's why it's like it's so early in the week. We're recording on a Tuesday, which we don't usually do, um, so it does feel like it should be Friday. But it's not. And I'm excited because my spring break is next week. So, like, I, I'm halfway through this week, three days left, and then we're on spring break. Heck yeah, man. I just found out um, I'm going to be working uh, for Polk State um, over the summer. 
for the first time uh, because I've been there for a while now. So I got, I actually got offered summer classes and I'm like, well, why not? Um, it's all online. Uh, so that's relatively easy uh, to manage. Um, but that's stuff I got to work on over spring break to get ready for summer. Cause summer classes start in May, like early, early May, like May 9th, I think is the oh, summer dang. semester. So it's like right around the corner, but, um, and, uh, and yeah, it's like today's I I've, non-stop today because tuesdays we record the bloody awesome movie podcast uh the other podcast i do with my european counterpart and um and then right after we recorded uh kathy and i went and got dinner came back and pretty much was like all right i gotta do a little bit of uh i gotta post something i gotta write something and then boom time to record again and then my computer was like bugging out like just going so slow even like restarting it was taking a long time i was like oh man this is not cool i gotta get this like moving at a normal speed here and it is now fine thank goodness but it, it's probably been a little minute since i restarted it so my fault for not uh giving it a break but um i don't restart mine either until i have to so yeah <laughs> we got we got windows open of important things you know so many tabs which google's really good about reopening the tabs though like realistically like I don't, I very rarely does it ever like, Hey, you had nothing open. It's usually like, here's all of the things you had open. It's like, Oh, so sorry. Um, I didn't mean it. Google. I apologize. But, um, anything else going on for you? Uh, you got some concerts coming up. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm going to go see la 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 tomorrow, which is not a made, made up band. Mm. Just so all the listeners know, because you always, you know, give me, you know i mean i think we'll see about that um <laughs> they're on the twitter man <laughs> um oh. they're also on instagram it's lala bala um i um and then i have tree fort next week and i actually took off i took off wednesday through friday for it but i think i'm gonna work like half day on wednesday because nothing i want to see is happening until like five but um a lot of bands that i really 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 want to see that um you know, sometimes they won't come to Boise, but we've gotten a few of them for Tree Fort, like TV on the radio came one year. We just get like other bands that I don't think that would necessarily come here if it wasn't for the draw of that festival. Um, so that's fun. So uh, when is Shaky Knees? Because that's what I keep thinking you're doing, but that's not next week. I think uh, I think it's the first weekend in May. Oh, okay, so it's a ways away. I, I I kept thinking that's what you were saying you were doing, but you're doing the local concert festival. I mean, yeah, I wish I was doing Shaky Knees, but I didn't feel like the lineup was that rad this year. Usually they mm. have, like, right on par with my, you know, musical taste, great bands. Um, They were supposed to have, like, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, but they canceled that year, <laughs> and they didn't sign back up, so that's great. Um, I would travel just for the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, just on the record. Um. But I was sad because, like, this band I love, Shannon and the Clams, is going to um, Tree Fort or, or going to Shaky Knees. But then they signed on for Treat Fort. And then another band I really love, Chastity Belt, <laughs> also a real band, um, is going to Shaky Knees. But now they're coming to play with Kurt Vile here, so I still get to see them. So, you know. But, yeah. No Shaky Knees this year. Well, then never mind. You won't be going to Shaky Knees. Uh, instead, we'll talk about what we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Uh, what have you been watching, Corey? Um, I don't have that much. I have been watching um, Catching Killers on the Netflix. Mm. I've been watching Is that, that a on my show list. show or a movie? It's a show. It's um like different. I think like different. Um, I've only watched a few episodes. Um, cause they're longer than my lunch. Um, but it's like different departments and how they caught different killers. Um, and I think it has two seasons and then yesterday, nope. The day before I watched turning red. Ooh. What'd you think of and, that? So at first it just really wasn't, there are a couple things that were very not, it wasn't my favorite Pixar movie, but after talking with my friend about it, which is something that tends to happen to me, <laughs> I like it more now, like just talking through it and stuff. Yeah, I like it a lot. Actually, I just I that was our movie of the week for uh, BAMP and uh, Matt and I did our spoiler free review, which posts on Thursdays. 
And then on uh, every Monday, we have our spoiler review, which is a mini. So it's just talking about the spoiler parts of the film. Um, we, we have, I think, one of our best spoiler conversations. We're not really, uh, we're just kind of talking about the movie more so than any specific scene. But we're able to kind of like talk about the ending and why that really seems to work uh, for what the story's doing. So I won't get into that here, obviously, because that is spoiler. But um, I very much liked it, and I am a big Pixar fan anyways, um, mm-hmm. and a few Pixar films have not worked for me, So, I, I, but I really like that one a lot, actually. Yeah, I, the, yeah, I'm glad I talked about it. Um, you should listen to our episode uh, when you get a chance so you can hear our thoughts, because it might even make you love it more. Um, Probably. But, uh, anything else? Oh, okay. Well, no, 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 don't feel bad. Um, I keep forgetting. I actually did start a, a show on HBO Max. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, I think it's Reese Darby, but I might be wrong in how I'm saying that. But he's in a bunch of movies, uh, especially if Taika's um, involved. He, him and Taika work together quite a bit. Um, and Jermaine Clement, uh, he's on Flight of the Concords and stuff as well. But um, it's a new HBO Max series called uh, Our Flag Means Death, which is about a real life gentleman pirate um uh, like he existed i guess i should say i don't know how i don't think they're going for like historical fact necessarily for the show it is a comedy taika's in it uh playing blackbeard um and there's a lot of like like leslie jones is in it um uh fred armison's in it um it's it's a lot of comedic actors it's it's very i'm three episodes in i just actually watched an episode right before recording um and it's quite entertaining uh it's it's funny, but it's also like I'm kind of invested in the story at this point, like because there is like an, it's not there is situational like sketches kind of built into it. Sketches is not right. Situational comedy type sitcom stuff happening. But the actual like overarching this guy had money uh, was kind of everything was given to him and chose to become a pirate um, for like looking for adventure and to kind of make a name for himself. And so it's a it's a compelling wild story, and apparently it's grounded in in historical fact to a degree. Again, I don't think the show is trying to be like the History Channel here, but um, I could be wrong because I I know very little. I knew nothing about this. My history teacher friend filled me in on some of it. Um, she was quite excited about this show because she's a big fan of the like the wildness of this guy's uh, story. And uh, three episodes in, I'm I'm finding it to be a lot of fun. It was like dread. Dread Pirate Roberts, what? Uh, yeah, not quite. Because um, he's not good at being a pirate. That's, I guess, a key thing. He had money, so he's got a crew and a ship, but uh, he's he's struggling with the, the lifestyle. There's like an ethical conundrum, too, because he's not a bad guy, um, but he's in a world where that's how you survive. So it's like he's having to make some difficult choices. Um, all right. Uh, for movies, I caught a film I think you should watch. I don't know how you'll feel about it, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. It's called We Need to Do Something. Um, it is a sound familiar. Uh, it's a horror film, and it stars Pat Healy. It doesn't star as strong. He is one of the the family members. Um, it is currently on Hulu to watch. It technically stars Sierra McCormick, um, Vanessa Shaw, Pat Healy, uh, John James Cron Cronin, and then um, Lizette Alexis, and pretty much. That's it. Uh, it's mostly four people in a bathroom. Um, a tornado is coming, and so they're like buckling down, and then they get trapped in the bathroom. But it's not that simple. It's much more wild than that. It's insane kind of stuff. It is definitely um, there's allegory, metaphor happening within this. It's it's pretty wild. Uh, Pat Healy goes quite big at times. Um, I don't. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Big Tune had recommended. It. In fact, uh, this was a cool thing because. Um, for the trailer of this movie, uh, they actually quote Big Tuna from a, his article about it. Um, so, like, there's a cut oh, of the cool. trailer where it says, like, Disappointments Media, and it has his quote on it. So it's pretty cool uh, to see that in a trailer. Um, and he had recommended it, and I finally caught it on Hulu. So uh, I do say check it out if you're into horror. Um, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan, so I watched his new film on Netflix, The Atom Project. Uh, it's worthy of note I say that, and I still have not watched Red Notice, but... I had less interest in Red Notice than I did Adam Project because this one felt more like a Ryan Reynolds film where the other one was like a collaboration with three big stars like Gail Godot, The Rock, where this was like, this is Ryan Reynolds film 
with this kid who's an up-and-coming actor. He's really good, actually. And then Mark Ruffalo's in this, but not a lot. But, man, Ruffalo has become one of my favorite actors. That dude just brings it. I enjoyed The Adam Project. I think if you are a Ryan Reynolds comedy fan, if you like his style of comedy, his whole uh, cut of his jib, like Corey and I are big Paul Rudd fans. He almost always works for us. Reynolds also almost always works for me, and he does very much here. And I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was quite fun. Um, I watched JFK for the first time, the uh, Oliver Stone film from 1991. Uh, we are prepping our uh, movie astrology for 1991, and this was a, the only top 10 film I had not seen ever on that list. And so uh, there's one more that I want to rewatch um, that I hadn't seen in a long time. I can't think of what it is right now, but JFK was a big one. It's a three hour movie. So like I was like committed. I'm like, I'm going to start this. I actually went in expecting to only watch about half and then finishing it on Sunday. Cause I went in very late Saturday night and I was too captivated that I just finished it. Um, uh, so I sat through the whole three hours. I took maybe like a break or two here and there, but uh, it's a really compelling film. Great performance from Kevin Costner and the whole cast. The cast is insane in JFK. So many people are in it, and some a lot of them doing very small parts. Uh, very young Gary Oldman has is playing. Um, uh, oh, I would I knew I always know his name, but now it's not coming to me. The guy who's accused of assassinating John F. Kennedy. Um, uh, man, I knew the name all day, and then it's just not coming to me. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, and it's. Uh, he's not in it a lot, but he also is, and I won't get into why, but uh, caught the movie that we're about to talk about, and then um, I'm not allowed to give, well, actually, yes, I can, because by the time this comes out, it'll be well past embargo, but I got to see uh, the new um, film by director Adrian Lin uh, that stars Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas. Uh, It's going to be on Hulu, uh, when you're hearing this, it's actually already on Hulu, called Deep Water. I had not seen any of Adrian Lin's other films and that's a big statement because some of Adrian Lin's other films include fatal attraction, um, Jacob's ladder flash dance, which I actually, I thought I saw flash dance, but what's the other dance movie from the eighties? That's like, is it just flash? Is there a movie called flash? No, I don't know what is, it is. That's not the one with uh, Kevin Bacon in it. No, that's footloose. Um, flash dance is, no, I guess I never... I saw Flashdance as a kid with my mom, but I don't count that because I was definitely not watching it, watching. There's another movie with... Um, I feel like there's, like, the Maniac song comes from it. Like, we have Maniac, Maniac. Anywho, uh, apparently I did see Indecent Proposal. But his other movies include um, Fatal Attraction, which I think I might have said already. Jacob's Ladder with uh, Tim Robbins. But he, uh, we watched, for this podcast, Lolita, the Stanley Kubrick version, but he did the remake of Lolita in uh, the 90s. Um, and then nine and a half weeks. And so I haven't seen some of these big movies, like fatal attractions, a huge movie that's on my gap list that I need to check out. But, uh, deep water follows this trend. He likes to do these kind of, uh, over the top, like passionate love stories that involve some type of like jealousy crime element. Um, and deep water delivers, uh, it has a lot of that. It's pretty wild. Um, it is uh it definitely earns its r rating for a multitude of things it is there's a lot of sexuality in it and uh there's some violence in it that's pretty extreme at times um not over the top but still like moments where i was like oh ow good lord um has a pretty big cast aside from affleck and uh, de armas it also has um uh tracy letts who i'm always a fan of the dude always does really good work um uh little rel howery who's continually proven to be a, a hilarious sidekick character i wish he would get some more lead opportunities but um every time he's asked to be like the comedic friend he's always really funny we get finn whitrock doing his whole uh, smolder look that thing that he does um and a few other people that you'll recognize uh definitely uh worth going and checking out on hulu if you already have the subscription again though it is definitely going to earn its r rating so be mindful if uh where you're watching or who you're watching with if they're not into that kind of thing then don't don't watch it but um it is good so i i do recommend and with that i think we are ready for our movie of the week um we're talking about unpregnant this is my pick uh and i'd like to go ahead and put out um if you're looking for a a, a interesting triple feature uh, that you could dub my body, my choice. I think you start with unpregnant. Then you go to never, rarely, sometimes, always. And then you you cleanse the palate with plan B. 
which I think is uh, the funnier of the abortion movies. Um, Never, rarely, sometimes, always is not funny at all. Great movie. Very, very heart, uh, like punchy in the gut, heart wrenching type stuff. Um, Unpregnant, also funny, but um, a little wild, I think, compared to some of the uh, to the stuff that happens in Plan B. Um, Plan B has more of a, I think, Harold and Kumar book smart level comedic moments where Unpregnant is a little more human grounded comedic moments. But some of the drama gets amped up quite a bit. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, this film is directed by Rachel Lee Goldenberg. Um, it stars Haley Lou Richardson, uh, who is one of my favorite actresses. I will generally see anything she is in. Um, it stars Barbie Ferreira, who I was unfamiliar with, but if you were a fan of the show Euphoria, apparently she is one of the regulars on that. I've not seen it, so I don't know her from there. Um, she has no relation to America Ferreira. Uh, I checked. Um, we get, though, Corey, I don't know how you feel about this guy, but I am a huge fan of Giancarlo Esposito. Um, and he's not in this film much, but boy, does he just chew the scenery once he gets here. And it's so much he was fun. pretty good. <laughs> I, he, he's so good at that type of role. I, I am always on board with this guy. Um, listeners, if you've seen Breaking Bad, uh, you'll know him from there. That's a guy from Gus's Fried Chicken or whatever mm-hmm. it was called. He's Gus. Gus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and this guy, I mean, he dates back. He's been acting for years. He's in Do, Do the Right Thing with Spike Lee. Um, I just watched the Jim Jarmusch film, um, Night of, Night on Earth, and he's one of the cab drivers in the New York scene there. Technically, he's not the cab driver, but he does drive a cab. I, I'm such a fan of Giancarlo. Uh, there's a really great musical from a couple years ago called Stuck. I might oversell that. It's a really good musical. I enjoy it. I think he is fantastic in it, again, because he's just he just brings this energy and enthusiasm to the roles. I love him. Um, some people might think he he chews the scenery or brings too much paprika to the sandwich kind of thing, but I am all in with Giancarlo, and I love him in this movie. Again, small role, but I think really, really impactful uh, in the small role. Um, you got a, a dude named Alex McNichol. Um, Breckenmeyer, which I think is really fun because this is a road trip movie, and I first remember Brecken. I know he's in Clueless, but my brain always thinks of him in road trip first, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, but he's also the skater in Clueless because he's – you got the long hair in Clueless. I always forget it's him. Um, and uh, but he's in here, and then Sugarland Beard. Um, those are your big names, but I do want to throw um, Denny Love gets to do something really cool. Gerald Prescott works in. Uh, she has one scene, but she's in a um, pawn shop, which is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Um, and then Betty Who. That's not a question. That's her name. And I think that's a fun name. Uh, I, I'm still like, I'm like, Betty I'm Lou. assuming. Nope. Just Betty who uh, I am assuming that is her stage name. Um, I don't know, uh, but she plays Matt uh, or Matthew. Um, if And I don't want to say what role Matthew has just yet, uh, but we will when we get to spoilers, but um, the synopsis of unpregnant, you could probably guess, but a 17-year-old Missouri teen named Veronica discovers she has gotten pregnant, a development that threatens to end her dreams of um, matriculating at an Ivy League college. I don't know what that word means. And the career that will follow. What is matriculating? They probably could have just used study or something. I'm looking it up. Um, oh, worse. Uh, be enrolled at a college or university to matriculate. I did not know that. She wants to enroll in an Ivy League school. Um, I guess that's why I didn't go to an Ivy League school, because I didn't know the word matriculate. Um, it's almost like my turkey's late. Uh, uh, here's the thing. I am a huge fan of Haley Lou Richardson. Um, if you haven't seen Columbus, I cannot stress enough how great that performance is. She's also, though, in Edge of 17 as the best friend to uh, um, Haley Steinfeld, and she is uh, one of the three girls in Split, uh, not... Anya Taylor-Joy, who is the lead in Split, but she's one of the friends that gets kidnapped. Um, she's just always really good. She always brings it. Uh, and I think she does a great job here. The one thing I have... Oh, and she's in Five Feet Apart, which is an excellent like melodrama, teen, YA novel type thing. My biggest complaint, though, is she is miscast as a 17-year-old because she's almost 30. Um and I know that because I've watched her for a long time now. So I'm like, she's not 17. I, I don't buy her as a 17. Nothing about her maturity even implies that she's a 17 year old. 
despite that, I think this movie's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that I watched it. I thought it paired insanely well with Plan B. Like the the beats and and how similar the two movies are are is pretty crazy. There's one key difference that I will get into, but I I I guess it's not a spoiler. Plan B, the girls are so close. They're such good friends that the road trip is just, of course, they're going to go together. It's more in the line of like, uh, dude, where's my car or Harold and Kumar, where they're like really close. This movie has an interesting dynamic where they are former friends and they are kind of forced together because Veronica doesn't want to tell her current friend group that she's knocked up, pregnant, whatever term we want to use for this scenario. I think I would not usually use that phrase the way I just did, but I think it's appropriate here because I think that's kind of how she views it. Um, and Bailey was her friend for a long time. We don't initially know what happened, but if you've seen a coming of age film, you see one, one went for popularity. The other one went for who they are, you know, like I'm going to be me. And um, so th that dynamic is the biggest difference between this and plan B. And obviously uh, the other difference is plan B. We witness the uh the sexual experience although not in a graphic way but we like it happens and then it's the next morning she's gonna try to get the plan b pill we're here too long has gone by and she now has to get an actual abortion um so that's another key difference in the overall plot um but otherwise there's a lot of similarities to these two tales and they're they're within a year of each other so that's kind of interesting um but i enjoyed the film i i did like barbie ferreira as bailey um i liked her so much yeah, uh, she. I don't like either character as much as I like the characters from Plan B, but I do like both characters, and I, I do think both performances are really, really strong. And um, there are moments here, though, that I think hit emotionally a little harder than most of I what happened in Plan B. There's still stuff that's very relatable in this, even if you've never been in this particular situation. Even like yeah. the route that they each took, or the you know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, overall, Corey, what, any thoughts before we get into spoilers? Like, what did you think? Um, I also liked it. Um, yeah. I also, I want to say, because when you said that about um, Haley Lou Richardson's uh, age, I had to go and look and Barbie Ferreira is only one year younger than her. Right. I just didn't know her. So like, but yeah. She also, she does look a little, like, Haley Lou Richardson does not look old, and by no means do I mean that at all. I'm just really familiar with the amount of time I've seen her on screen, and know yeah. she's not a high school student. Because I, I thought she worked well in the, um, in this role, but I don't, I think I've only seen her in Split, probably. Um, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of her filmography, so I am very, very aware of how long she's been acting, and so it's like, no, you're not, you're not 17, like, no way, and then I didn't know she was 30, I was thinking, like, she's probably 25, and I'm like, oh, no, she's even closer, uh, not closer, I'm 10 years older than her, but nevertheless, like, I'm like, well, that cemented my point of view that you don't, you shouldn't be cast as a high school student anymore, again, not a criticism about her look or her or anything like that. I'm not saying she looks old. I just, I know she's not a 17 year old. So it was just like, okay, sure. Putting. Um, yeah, but I, I liked it. There's something I do want to talk about that. I'm wondering if it's going to be a trend we see in any more movies like this. Um, but I can save that for spoilers, but yeah, I liked it. I guess that depends on uh, what it is. But yeah, you're welcome to wait for spoilers. Um, uh, folks, again, we did watch this on HBO Max. Um, it is a 2020 film, uh, but it um, it was one I meant to watch during that year. Never got to it. And then I heard about Plan B, and I meant to watch Plan B all of last year and never got to it. So we finally have caught up with these two movies, and um, both are serious, and yet... Um, it, neither are as serious as another 2020 film never rarely sometimes always which uh cory i can't remember did you ever watch that no you really should i'd love to hear your thoughts on it and um it won't fit into this one it might fit into our uh we have a ugly cry i think later oh, in the year God. um and it it might fit into that one i just feel like everyone should know that i live in idaho which y'all should look at some of our news <laughs> You know, like, can I handle? 
And you I know, the, the thing I like about both of these films, and never rarely, sometimes always, is if you are uncertain about where you stand with uh, abortion laws or um, the idea of abortion, and maybe you can't empathize with uh, because you don't know anyone who's had to make such a tough decision. I think that you know of. Oh, that you know of. Fair. Uh, people may not One share in that information. Um, Women? I think seeing movies like this really help to to frame and make it a human like it's easy to say to no one in particular that abortion is wrong but to look someone in the eye and see their circumstances and know their their conviction to the the decision that they've made i feel like you you may not change your mind or you may maybe you'll go a different direction than where the character goes but i think it it at least gives you a case study in which to examine rather than just basing it on you know, a feeling or a thought, this makes, it adds a human element to the decision-making process. And, um, you know, f I think you can disagree with it, but at least maybe see why for some that is a choice they deserve to make and not be made for them. But maybe not. Um, again, I I'm not saying which is right or which is wrong, but I think movies like this, that, that, humanize and allow for these stories to be shared really help in that that debate uh at least allowing viewers to see what it could be or what it would be like if you had to make such a decision um i've mentioned th two other movies i do want to throw out uh the film that i've talked about uh that i saw at sundance and i always forget the name happening i keep forgetting that one is the toughest of the abortion films that i've seen this year um and maybe ever, yeah, ever. It's the toughest abortion-related film I've ever seen happening. Uh, but if you are, again, trying to kind of f think about it and consider where you stand on the topic, that movie will definitely uh, leave an impression, and it will be hard to uh, forget and walk away from comfortably. But um, it would, I would say, I would say again, unpregnant, never really, sometimes always, and. Plan B, 100%. And if you're feeling brave, go for Happening once it's available to watch. But um, I think that's all of our pre-spoiler uh, content. Let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So what did you want to mention that uh, you said you, we would, you'd wait for spoilers? Um, so we saw it in both of these movies now is... I mean, like, maybe they're not best friends in this movie, and they were best friends in Plan B, but is the sidekick, I don't even know, I don't know, because I could refer to them as, like, I was going to say the best friend, is she going to always be a lesbian in these movies? Is this going to be ah. something that we're going to keep seeing? But they're not best friends at, throughout most of this movie. But it's definitely where they end up, and yes, that is an definitely. interesting... Um, it's an interesting dynamic, uh, as it's a it's a important juxtaposition, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, that they maybe wouldn't ever, maybe they won't be in that position, or yeah. I guess have to make that decision. But they're there for you. Um, and with uh, Plan B, we don't want to. We have spoiled Plan B already on an episode, but this isn't a Plan B episode, so we don't want to spoil that movie in case you haven't watched it or you skipped that episode because you wanted to watch it. Um, well, we haven't spoiled it all the way we don't reveal i i i guess we did uh this one isn't as much of a reveal um it's not a major plot point until it happens like the other plan b is definitely setting up something for that unpregnant it's like oh by the way i'm gay and i like the the big difference is in plan b it is a reveal and she is part of, we get a conversation where she is admitting to being scared of telling people and partly because of her overly religious uh, father, where here she's like, "What? No, I've been out to everybody. You just don't know me because we haven't been friends." And I thought that was a, a cool kind of switch, even though this came first. But like, I, I think that it was interesting that yes, both of the best friend characters are lesbians, but their their role in the world they live in is significantly different because she's not afraid of it, and. Uh, I, I forget the the character name from Plan Bailey? B, but she oh oh well, Bailey here. Um, Bailey's not afraid of being gay and has been out because she has the support of her mother and all that. Where the opposite is true of Plan B, but again, 
they play with that and we won't get into any of the specifics um but i like how both movies handle that character and you get to see two different perspectives of that type of character um which is interesting because like you said it is like wow that's a weird coincidence but it's also like yeah but they do some other stuff that's pretty interesting um i um so the boyfriend in this is horrible right like he is Oh, I wanted to punch him in the face a few times, yes, but it wasn't quite it I I always find this when we watch movies and I'm like, "Oh, I'm waiting for like worst case scenario." And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh cuz he does I thought he did it on purpose. Oh, I thought that too. Uh, when he was like I proposing. He a hole in the condom or something yes, is what I, I was totally thinking. I was that. like, "Oh, that trying not to cuss here but it insert any expletive right there um yeah i really yeah because it's like he knew what was coming and i think he's a terrible person for not telling her so she could have you know oh he's he's the worst for every reason right like the dude is uh stalking her doesn't want her to go off and be successful and now at least he knows where their relationship will be because she was going to go off to Brown and he was just going to stay there in Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. He was so excited to like get to lock her down and she's clearly not excited about it. And then like when she finally does tell him, I was so like, thank goodness. Cause man, this guy is awful. Like for so many reasons, um, just thought he was ridiculously bad. Uh, I'm trying to find it when I was, I was watching them film. Um, I was looking at like letterbox and some of the, the people that I follow and they're like, not, I don't read the whole review. I just kind of like skim. And, um, uh, somebody put, I can't find, I wanted to give credit because I, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, but they said, uh, one of the things they love about this movie is that every straight white person that they interact with is awful. And all of the support and help they get are from minorities or from the LBGTQ plus community. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting and very, very true. Because like uh, Brecken Meyer and his wife, whose name I'm not his actual wife, but the character's wife. Um, well, actually, I don't know. It could be his actual wife. I don't know that. But I, it's I, the character. I think it's uh, her name is Kate, but the actress's name is Sugarland Beard. I assume um, they overhear. Uh, that they need help at the the carnival that they're at and that they're going to, they're willing to drive them to Albuquerque, but which I, I picked up on pretty quickly. Although I do have to admit, I'd read that comment prior. Um, so I'm like, uh Oh, these people are not helping. Cause they're, they're, they clearly are straight and white. And according to that review. Um, so sure enough, uh, they are, uh, they have essentially kidnapped the girls to prevent them from getting the abortion. Um, and they, there's a scene where she kind of finds like the, the, all the signs, all the, uh, anti-abortion, um, signage and, and pamphlets and things like that. Like they're extreme. They have a bus even. Um, and there's some funny stuff that comes to that sequence. Uh, it's also a little silly and I don't fully know what their plan was when they went for like the Thelma and Louise reference, which is another movie I have to watch. Um, but, but because of that sequence, we get, we get Bob. And uh, Bob is Bob is so great. He's Giancarlo Esposito. He's a survivalist, but also as, a limo driver. As soon as he like popped up on screen and opened the door, and he's yep. all like, "Who are you?" And blah 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 blah. Did they send you? I was like, he is not gonna like what big government is doing here. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> he like stabs the can of Bush's baked beans, and like it opens yeah. so easily. Um. I, om- I have to wonder if any of that was in the script or if he just was like, how about I play a survivalist? It's like, well, we just want you to drive the limo. Okay, cool. But I'm going to have a giant buoy knife and I'm going to seem scary, but I'll and actually I'm gonna improvise cool. and I'm going to improvise. I'm going to be very sweet and caring. And there, there's a moment when she hugs him and I just think it's the best thing ever. And he, I think he says something about being friends or whatever. And I just was like, I, I love that so much. I, I'm, I just love Bob. Bob is great. They love Bob and you know, his limo's old, but they have a good time in it. Um, I love 
all the Kelly Clarkson, and I told Bill, I was like, we're going to be singing Kelly Clarkson for a week, and then Bob is singing it. Yes. <laughs> he drops him off, and it made me so happy. Yes, because he looked so annoyed when they were singing it in his car. But it's then good later, music, though, okay? It's so good. Um, and y'all can quote me on that. I am, I'm on board with that, Corey. I, I, uh, Pitch Perfect, that's the song they auditioned with uh, the, in the first movie, and I love that uh, medley because it's different voices singing that song. Love it. Um, it. It's so good. Evan Hansen sings it too, the the actor who plays Evan oh. Hansen, but, uh, Ben Platts. Um, but uh, so I love I love that whole sequence that we get Bob uh, because they get stranded because of Breckenmeyer's group. Um, but okay, so the first time we meet, uh, actually, I'm sorry, the second time we meet the boyfriend. First time we meet the boyfriend, he proposes at the restaurant, admits that he's he knew the condom broke and was kind of waiting for this, and you're like, oh man. But like you, I thought he was going to admit to tampering with the condom to make this happen. Uh, so they didn't quite make him as vile as he could have been, but um, thank goodness, I actually think that would have been maybe a bridge too far, so to speak. But um, she goes to upon the engagement ring that he tries to offer her because uh, she needs money to, for, to travel and go get the abortion itself. Um, and uh, she, they stop at the um, pawn shop. And the woman uh, who I mentioned earlier is played by Gerald Prescott. Her name's Peg in the movie. Uh, she runs the pawn shop. Um, she doesn't look like she's going to buy it because she's under 18 for one. And, you know, but then she hears the conversation with the boyfriend and her because the boyfriend shows up because he tracks her on the phone, uh, which I love. Haley Lou smashes his phone. Um, and then uh, Peg pulls a shotgun on the, on the boyfriend and offers to buy the ring basically as a good for you. You're, you know, don't let that man tell you what to do. Don't let that man dictate your life kind of thing. And, um, love that scene. That scene is so great. I, she plays it so well because she's not, she doesn't come off as mean, but very stern and like, you know, like, no BS. Right. And then you see just a fracture of that persona where she like, I'll buy it. And then when, when Haley Lou starts like, oh my God, thank you. She's like, stop. Like, you're just like, oh, nope. This is as much kindness as you're going to get from her because she is all business. But I love that, that little moment. I just thought it was so great. I, that was one of my favorite scenes in this film right away. I was like, I'm on board. What's going on? I love this. Um, Cause I really like Bailey. I do but, too. But there are parts about Bailey that I'm just like, it feels like you're trying real hard to be edgy and I don't dislike Oh my god, John, it. we've all been there, okay? I know, I know. And she is supposed to be a 17-year-old. Um, I think she does a really good job. Uh, like, when they go to the convenience store and she's just buying random stuff. Um, the jacket. That was so good. Pickled pears, um, which apparently... The way they show the pickled pears, I thought was going to have a bigger impact. Like, I thought maybe they would, like, spoil and they would eat them and get food poisoning. Because they, like, they zoom in on it. Like, they really want us to know they're pickled pears. And then that's it. They just, they eat them and they seem to be fine later. It's, there's not like a big scene of them eating it. She does like feed Veronica like a pear, um, which is kind of funny. Um, I think their, their dynamic and their chemistry really pays off as the film goes on. Like you really see them bonding. And something that Bill said, and he was so right on with it because he watched this with me. He was like at the beginning of the movie with them it lets you know quickly, like it doesn't waste any time, but it doesn't feel rushed, but we know right away what kind of relationship they have and like how it's all set up and stuff. And I totally agree with what you're saying throughout the film. Yeah. Like the, the dynamics are established quickly and while you don't fully know what caused it, um, it is there. And another thing I think that is interesting, um, with the way they present the, the characters is you mentioned the, the similarity with plan B that we have um, the best friend being a lesbian, but um, which Bailey getting her first kiss uh, from Matthew is great. I love that scene. It's so sweet, but more um, Bailey's got comes from a broken home and the dynamic there is, Bailey's father never wanted a child. And so Bailey is an unwanted child. And as a direct result of that divorce, 
is the Bailey that we have. The the reason that their their friendship was rocky is because Bailey was being wild and um Haley Lou Richardson's character, uh, Veronica, was afraid of being basically dragged down or her her plans thwarted because of Bailey. Um not that I think both are in the wrong there because I I think Bailey was reckless and was willing to risk anything because she was angry and, and upset. But I think Veronica's wrong for bailing on her friend. I, I understand where Veronica's coming from. Um, you don't want to f- to someone else's choices to to bring you down, but if it's your friend, you should do what you can to save them or at least guide them in a direction. Or you don't have to cut them off completely, and that does seem to be what she has done. Well, it's kind of interesting because, like, it's it, we see the scene when they're little and. Bailey's like, oh, I want a snack. She's over at Veronica's house. And, oh, I want a snack. And Veronica's like, no, we need to go ride our bikes right now. And her parents are fighting. And they obviously end up getting a divorce. But, like, they, it seemed like maybe Bailey's family, Bailey was really hiding it. Like, I don't know. They didn't, we, all that we got about her family, her parents divorcing is, like, her telling us as she's 17 you know what i mean like i i actually think the family that was fighting is bailey's parents oh oh okay and veronica was, veronica was her. protecting her that's the way i took that scene um I, if i am wrong interesting apologies but that's what i thought that scene was um i'm gonna try to look on i uh on wikipedia to see if that's there it may not be because it's hard to find the structure of that stuff um but that was what I thought happened was that uh, Veronica was protecting Bailey and was like, let's go for a ride right now. Um, because they were in the kitchen too, which is where if she was getting food, they would have, she would have witnessed it. Um, and but either way, when we, when Bailey finds her dad who has like a nursery, he could not be worse. Like he's so awful. Like he just tries to hand her money, but even that he complains about like having to hand her money. Like I barely make any yeah, just just awful. And even after Veronica like gives him like a like kind of a scolding, he still like does not back down from that perspective. Like I never wanted you, essentially. And um Well guess I what? Think, She's here. Yeah. And I think that's I think it's a really interesting juxtaposition in a film about abortion where um Veronica's mm. giving up a, a baby that is currently unwanted. Um and then we we see like Bailey's hurt and has lived a rough life because she was unwanted, you know, and that's not to say Bailey should have been aborted, but I think it's, it's putting a different, maybe another side to the, the options. Like, look at, these are the things that can happen. There are consequences for actions that we take or inaction that we take. And it's not to say one is right or one is wrong necessarily, but because Bailey's mom, it seems like there's a good relationship there. Um, like even like when Bailey's mom is she does bail on her to go on a date but Bailey doesn't seem completely devastated by it and Bailey's mom doesn't seem like she's neglectful to me it's more like I wasn't going to do this but this happened and I am going to do this because you know I need to to find love kind of thing and Bailey doesn't seem heartbroken but also doesn't you know she's obviously disappointed but she seems she doesn't seem mad at her mom to me at least I, I i felt like that wasn't supposed to be like a dramatic moment i think bailey's loves her mom but also really wants her dad and then the dad's just nope want nothing to do with you and i, I it was heartbreaking yeah i'm I glad cannot, that veronica oh sorry go ahead no no i was i cannot confirm that it was bailey's parents at least not from yeah, the wikipedia page it and it just brought up the wikipedia like not helpful at all it's such a quick scene um that i don't think it, it was necessary i guess they're like in the synopsis they didn't feel it was necessary to include it because it really isn't a it i it obviously has some major ramifications later but in the moment that it happens it's not a it's a flashback you know it's just a real quick flashback too yeah and also I, so i'm looking at the, the wikipedia and we I mean, I know we talked about how terrible he is and everything, but then he, when he shows up at the freaking clinic, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and threatens and to blackmail I'm her. Tell everybody. Yeah, if you don't stay with me, like, how messed up do you have to be 
to think that that's a good situation to put yourself in. Like, I want my girlfriend to only be with me because I am holding information over her head. Like, what kind of relationship are you looking for, man? Because that doesn't sound like a loving one. Like, that just sounds like a controlling one. Like, you, she's not going to love you because you did that. Like, how could she ever love you because you did that? Um, and good for her for just, you know what? I don't care. And I, I love that about her. I do have to say, though, this part is where I'm the most ignorant. I don't know if the depiction of the very safe and clinical abortion is entirely accurate. Like, cause she's, she pretty much walks out and is good. Yeah. I didn't think that that was, um, especially if you have general anesthesia, I don't, I didn't think. No, I've had other outpatient procedures with general, general anesthesia. Like Kathy had um, a hysterectomy. That one was not outpatient. She had an ovary removed first. And that one was outpatient. And um, that was generally. Now, that said, she was not okay. Like, she couldn't have walked out on her own. Like, we had to wheelchair her to the car, help her into the car. Now, that, again, was an actual surgery. So there was, like, stitches and stuff also. But nevertheless, like, she was also just out of it because of the anesthesia. So, yes, I think that that part alone. But I also, I feel like never rarely, sometimes always, she's told she has to stay in the area for 24 hours to like confirm that everything's okay before she goes. Now, I don't know if there's different types of surgery for, I I'm a hundred percent ignorant to this whole process. Like I am in no way like disputing the medical accuracy, but I do think one, I, I think this movie does a good job of maybe like this procedure isn't as it's, it's so important that people have the opportunity for a safe abortion especially having seen happening, which does not have the opportunity for a safe abortion and seeing the ways that people will go to try to give themselves an abortion was extreme. But I, I had a new perspective of why it's so important that clinics be able to do this procedure, because the truth is whether we allow it or not, history has shown people will get one because they do not want the child. They will do whatever it takes and then other lives are often lost or other damage can happen because of the unsafe environment. This movie does a really good job of saying, look how safe it can be. But I also felt like, are you overselling it? Like, it feels like you're making it like it's nothing. And I can't imagine it's physically nothing. I'm not even talking about the psychological side effects. If, if that's a thing, I think there's a dispute there. I'm not saying, again, I'm not making a stance. I'm just saying, I think this film makes the clinical procedure of a surgery seem maybe too easy. And I could be wrong, but I didn't know if you had any insight on that or if uh, it sounds like you kind of were thinking like I was though, that it's like, she's just way too quick to walk out of there. Cause it's like, Bailey's just like, Oh, it's only been like 30 minutes. Like it's hey, you're, you're all better. And I'm just like, I, I don't think I, cause they require, they say you have to have someone with you. Why? Yeah. Cause she's walking out like it ain't nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, uh, it never rarely, also, she she does walk out, and she's, like, move, I'm not saying she's got to be, like, bed-stricken or anything like that, but, like, I felt like in that movie, she was in a little bit of discomfort. Like, you could see that it wasn't, like, like just visiting the dentist to get a cleaning. Like, it was, like, things have happened to my body, and I'm not completely okay. But I'm okay. It's just, you know... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you're hurt, but your body has to recover because you did have something done to you. Like, there is a procedure happening here. Um, But I do think the movie still makes a really strong case that if facilities like these can exist, it is so much safer for the people who decide to do this thing. And I think that alone is a really strong argument for abortion not being made illegal because as history has shown, people will if they want to, I mean, I think history has shown this about anything. If somebody really wants to do something, despite the laws, despite what's going on, people will find a way. When the government tried to control alcohol, what happened was speakeasies and crime became a thing, right? Because people were like, well, we're going to drink anyways. Um, and when, uh, like, in the ha- in the movie Happening, 
in Paris at the time, abortion was extremely illegal and you could go to jail just for asking about an abortion. And guess what? People still did it. If people want to do something and it's not hurting other people, it seems like we should just let it happen because otherwise they do it in ways that is much less safe. Like people died making illegal alcohol because their, their stills would blow up. Um, the alcohol content was not regulated. So like it would be almost pure alcohol. People would die from that or go blind or things like, like there's a lot of problems that carry off of the making it illegal element. Because again, if people want to do it, they do it. And I think you can see that with like regular drugs, right? Like, if you talk cocaine or things like that, the 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 differences in quality that again, I'm basing all of this on on movies. So apologies if any of what I just said about drugs is wrong. But I I believe that like some is like this is pure cocaine. This has been cut with like you know cleaning chemicals, and so now it's it's much more dangerous and not as potent. So people will need more of it. And like you know like when it's unregulated, people can do whatever they want because who's going to stop them? it's illegal either way, you know, like, so it just seems like it might be better to have safe facilities where people can get access to things that are, you know, like, you know, clean, sterilized, uh, the right tools for the job and not a wire clothes hanger. Like, you know, like those are, um, I think a, a really valid reason to not make it illegal. And I think the movie does a good job of bringing that to the light. Because Plan B, it's a pill. She just needs a morning after pill. It's the the problem is a different problem because she's denied it because she's a seventeen year old. But this movie brings up the bigger argument of an actual abortion, and that is a lot harder for some people. I, I don't know if there's as big a dispute for the Plan B pill. I know some people are against that too, but I don't think it's as heated as the actual abortion is and um i think this movie makes a strong case as to why uh safe facilities are important and again the road trip part of it we didn't really say but she's in uh, missouri and the closest clinic she can get an abortion without parental consent is in new mexico so that's the reason for the road trip and what sets the movie kind of on its path yeah i um i kind of like we still get the reaction from their mothers like in this movie we get the reaction of ronnie's mother and also in plan b we got the reaction of the mother and i felt like mm. i like the reactions of both but no i i i also like the actions of both i do think for this one it even it feels very happy ending movie scene you know because the mom's not really in this movie like she texts her a couple of times. I think she might be on the phone, but we don't even hear the mom. Um, and then we get the scene at the end of the movie where she confesses to the mom. Well, she calls the mom to get plane tickets, which I actually really like that. Cause I was like, how are they getting home? Cause they lost the car like two States ago. Like it's, it's long gone. They have no transportation. The, and Bailey's father is clearly not going to give them money. Um, and I, I feel like Bob would have drove them home. That's all I'm saying, but they didn't ask Bob to do that. Um, they didn't have any more money. I, I feel like that might've been it's that. I feel like Bob would have done it though. Like Bob's a I guy like right. who just, I don't think he's going to leave two teenage girls like stranded if they asked him, but I don't think they asked him because they didn't have any more money. Um, and they liked Bob. They respected Bob. Um, but so it's, I, I do like that. She calls the mom that they fly back. Cause it's very grounded in that way. And the scene doesn't feel like too melodramatic. And I don't think the mom says anything that's completely unheard of. Um, but it's, it's almost too calm of a reaction where she's just like, I, I don't agree with what you did, but I still love you. Cause that was like, she was like, do you hate me? And she's like, of course I don't hate you. And I love that. I think that's an important message. I don't know that most parents would be that responsive. That doesn't mean she shouldn't be, but it does feel like it, it just I'm just saying it feels like a very like, how do we end this on a upbeat? And that's a, like, I disagree with what you did. I don't think I would have made that choice, but it was your choice. And I still, of course, love you, even if I can't ever understand why you did it kind of thing. I think that's an important message to to show out there. And if we're thinking of this as like a lead by example, like 
look, here's one way you can react to your child making this decision is, you know, not, not telling them they're awful and kicking them out of your house, but instead telling them you love them and hugging them because they're probably, uh, I mean, Veronica's emotionally troubled, not just because she had an abortion, but because of the experience of the entire thing. It's a nightmare for two days. Yeah. Kidnapped. The boyfriend proved he was insane. Um, and even more like ultimately is the reason she had to go and get an abortion, obviously for the, the one reason, but also because he didn't tell her that the condom broke immediately where she could have just got a plan B pill, which she says to him, like I could have took a pill the day after this feels like you are trying to control me. And I do think that's intentional also in the film, right? Like that he is literally trying to control her much like, laws prohibiting abortion and why she has to go from Missouri to New Mexico is prohibiting um, her, her choices. And there's a clear, uh, you know, message there, but the movie's really well scripted. It's very entertaining. In fact, the more I've talked about it, the more I'm thinking, yeah, this movie's quite smart overall. And I, I do like the happy ending, not just the mom, but her going to sit with Bailey. I like where it ends. I think that's a, just the right touch of, things are different. This isn't going to be one of those like breakfast club moments where the kids go back to their normal lives now that the, the day's over. Yeah. And she also mentions that this is not the decision that your sister made either. I feel like, I feel like they definitely added in the disappointment, but yeah, that the mom's not okay with it. And yet the, the message that I can still love you, even if I don't agree with your choices is an important thing. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, also for, for uh, there's a lot of reasons a kid might feel like their parents don't love them. And hopefully that's not the case, right? Like hopefully uh, parents can find ways to, to accept and forgive and, or, you know, be willing to like, in some cases we're going to disagree, but uh, you're still my child and I still love you. And I'm here for you kind of thing. Um, that's all I've got for unpregnant. Do you have anything else you want to add? Hmm. No. Then uh, my rating, um, I I was leaning towards not quite golden, but I think I'm going to go ahead and say must see, uh, ah! which is what I think I said for plan B. I, oh, I think, dang it. I'm going to go with, oh man, I'm going to still say must see too. I feel and, like, oh, go ahead. No, no, go. I was going to say that, like, you were saying that I feel like movies open people's eyes to a lot of things that they might not ever find themselves in. And then you kind of brought that up again when you were talking about drugs and stuff. Like, we're basing all of this off of movies. But I do think that film is important in that way. I do, too. Um it's a way of bringing a lot of messages and you can, uh, with a fictional story, you can have those like things that have multiple meanings. Like I mentioned with the controlling boyfriend being maybe a sign of like men in general or men being a metaphor for the government and the rules that are imposed upon its individuals. Like those are all ways of, of speaking allegorically, but also literally in the sense of this story, Kevin is the problem. But if you pull back, and how what Kevin represents it means so much more, and I think there's a lot here. Even though it's a fun movie, and some of the some of the the uh, road apples that happen along the journey that make them stop or wreck the the, the trip is a bit extreme. We didn't even talk about the the kids at the diner, but I really like that sequence too. That the, oh, they yeah. help them. Um, how how she ends up meeting Matthew, um, and of course the the mix up because Matthew they assume is a guy, but Matthew is not a guy. That's the, that's uh, the character's last name. Um, but yeah, uh, all of that really good. Um, I, you know, obviously I think there's room for more stories like this. Again, I, I love a good road trip buddy comedy. And um, I do think plan B overall was m more enjoyable for my, my sake. And the laughs that I got, I think were much stronger. Um, but I think the, the human drama in Unpregnant is a little tighter. I think they go a little more um, in on the drama where I feel like for the most part, plan B is a comedy first, like comedy heavy. And then there's some drama where this I feel like is, is much more balanced, like drama. And of course, it, dramas have humor in them. And I feel like that's where this one's like trying to sit is it's a drama with a sense of humor. 
where plan B I feel is a comedy with uh, some, some dramatic moments. Um, but that is week three. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about Corey's final pick for now streaming uh, and the oldest movie in this month, uh, night of the hunter, which we are going back quite a ways. I think it's in the fifties, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it is currently streaming on uh, Amazon prime. We will be watching that and talking about it on our next episode. Yeah. Night of the hunter, 1955 uh, directed by Charles Lawton. And of course stars Robert Mitchum, Shelley Winters, uh, Lila Gish, uh, sorry, Liliana Gish. I don't know how I got Lila from that. Uh, James Gleason and a few others. Uh, we'll be back to talk about that in one week. In the meantime, if you like what we're doing here at Burke Reviews Movie Club, we ask that you take that time to rate and review us, whether it's on Apple uh, Podcasts or on Spotify or whatever podcast catcher you're using. And you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey, our star. Doors in the end. And as always, we say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.